Hey beautiful people and welcome to Concealed Scars. Today's episode is on special needs. Special needs is a particular educational requirement resulting from learning difficulties and physical disability. Some of the main categories of of special disabilities include developmental, cognitive or neurological, physical disabilities and mental illness. More than 18% of the population is classified as disabled. Today, I have my special guest, Ms. Christina Oliver, on here. Welcome, Christina. Hi. So tell the world a little bit about yourself. Um, I am Christina Oliver. I am a... How do I simplify what I do? Um, <laughs> I am master, I'm a master control operator. So basically what I do, I control breaks and programming at the new station I work at. Um, I am 27 years old. I'm a graduate of the great Bethune-Cookman University. Yes, ma'am. Hell, Wildcats. <laughs> um, and I am from Louisiana, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you specifically on this topic, because I know you have a special connection uh-huh. with special needs and advocating for it what what is your reason or what inspires you to be an advocate for those who have special disabilities well i guess it's a combination of my big brother and my mom because mm-hmm. my big brother he is physically disabled he cannot talk um he can't speak and verbalize things for himself um i guess you can say he's also mentally disabled because he has had brain damage but um, he's still living, you know, a life as regular as we can for him, yeah. as we can provide for him. So, and it's also um, my mom because she um, is a, she graduated from Southern University in um, social work, but she also transitioned into, I think when my brother was a child. So she transitioned from working dealing with special cases at a nursing home to working in the public school system as a special education teacher. So I got to not only see her work with my brother, but take her everything she learned from working with cases um, as last, you know, working with last will and testaments and working with special cases from people who were in the nursing home and making sure their last wishes and their family's wishes were you know provided for to take care of that over to working with and taking extra cares of her students and her mm-hmm. students families so being able to see that kind of made me also want to help people because like you can see in this day and age there's not a lot especially for minority families there's not a lot of um, information out there mm-hmm. you know there's not a lot of support groups as for I guess you would say suburban families you know, where they get together and have cookies and things and talk about that. It's not the same for black and brown families. So that kind of attention my mom paid to those families kind of, you know, lit a fire under me of wanting to help people as much as I can. And plus I have my mom, she has a cousin who has one arm. So she had to get, her cousin had to get it amputated at a young age and her cousin went on to also become a special education teacher. 
So who, I mean, she can talk circles around accommodations. <laughs> she knows everything from laws and everything that children need. So I really had that in my life of just helping people that couldn't help themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what made me want to be an advocate. And that's good because you're being an advocate for not only your brother, but other people that may not fully understand but want to understand or may be experiencing the same thing to kind of better help them cope with it I guess would be the correct way to put it Mm -hmm. and deal with those types of situations yeah because a lot of people they don't I guess because my brother is nonverbal a lot of people, a lot of families don't know how to communicate. They don't know where to begin if they have a nonverbal mm-hmm. child or they have a child that has sensory issues from um, being autistic. They don't know how to go about it. And I think we kind of just figured it out as we, as my brother grew up. My mom, you know, that's her child. That's her ch- boys and their moms have a special connection regardless, yeah. you know, because you know that they have just that connection but with me and my brother you know people would ask me oh because they think that he doesn't know who we are because you know he is disabled or whatever and he can't talk but like I tell people every time my brother sees us he knows our voices he knows our faces and every time he sees us like he'll hold my hand and like he holds my hand very tight and he won't let go of it (laughs) and like the whole time whenever we go visit him he holds my hand very tight he holds it for the whole visit and like if it's something he doesn't like he'll squeeze it tighter mm. to say oh I don't like this or he'll grab a hold on to my mom if some one of his nurses is doing something that he doesn't like like my brother's real like me he we're like the same person <laughs> he's just in the boy form like we don't like people's <laughs> hands in our faces cause that means you won't fight me so <laughs> He's like, we know, don't put your hand, we have to tell his, we are his mouthpieces to say to his nurses, okay, lower your hands. He gets defensive. He doesn't like people's hands in his face. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he Mm -hmm. also does not like needles. So we kind of just try to distract him whenever he's in the hospital or something, they have to take blood. So it's different ways you have to know the person, get to know them as a person and what they dislike and what they don't like so you kind of translate for them because they can't talk for themselves sometimes they can't talk for themselves not all the time but yeah yeah you just have to get your own way as being that family member as being that advocate to kind of intervene when they can mm-hmm. it's like y'all have your own special language with them that y'all yeah. understand and that's what like in general with people and their kids they understand what they're saying everybody else might not know but you get like a general idea of it oh yeah because one time I remember it was back in 2018 my brother was going like he had frequent hospital visits like he was getting sick very often and one time he does not he does not like needles so one time I had to try to hold him down and my brother is my best friend. Like, we, he's 11 years older than me, but we've been click tight <laughs> ever since we were little. 
and he has never swung on me before. <laughs> I kid you not. I was holding him down. The lady was trying to take blood from him to check his vitals, whatever. He did not want this lady anywhere near him. He tried to get away from me, swung on me. My mama comes around. He is totally fine. You think this is a whole different person? And I was like, mama, he just tries to swing on me. She was like, oh yeah, Brandon got good sense. <laughs> He's just like, so he knows not to try that. He knows that's mama. He knows not to try that with her. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Well, sometimes you just know what you know. That's what anybody you know not to swing on your mama. Mhm. <laughs> like you know, that's not the type the fight you want to be in. That's a battle you just need to go on and bow down to. Just let that go. Like she heavy handed and everything. Yeah, he did not know. <laughs> Oh gosh, but that's that's good that he was able to communicate that. Although he shouldn't have swung, but you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yes, he lets me know he's the older sibling all yeah, the time. That's all I'm, I was. I'm a helicopter <laughs> little sister, and he lets me know that he's the older sibling all the time. Like he has to put me in check. It's yeah. like, okay, I got you. <laughs> that's all I was. Just had to knock it down a couple notches, let you know, you know. Right. <laughs> Do you think? like in this day and age um, that people are more aware of those with special needs um I think so I would like to think so and I it's one I think with the meet with media now Mm -hmm. that it's not such a taboo subject like I know Mm -hmm. more people with special needs are in television shows like the um like the candidate on Netflix, I hope I'm getting it the name of that show right. Yeah, they're yeah, they <laughs> they involve special needs, um, to kind of take the stigma out of it. So mm-hmm. they have actors with special needs. Um they unclawed the TV show on TNT. Um, one of the characters' brothers has special needs and I was so mm-hmm. very happy with the way they presented the topic in the show because they gave him dignity yeah and he's a you they show him having his own life and i was very happy about that and you know there's the good doctor on abc yeah but you can see you know they think people think that people with special needs you know they can't do anything they can't live a full life but you see this young man you know his senses are hiding in different areas yeah. Which is able enables him to be a doctor and does and is at well at his craft. So mm-hmm. just because you know somebody is not doesn't have as much mental capacity as another person doesn't mean they're not able to live lives and have successful lives. So I'm happy that people are getting that type of exposure to see, mm-hmm. you know, the stigma is being taken off of it. They see, okay. I'm going to think how I treat this person to treat this person differently because, you know, he can do what I can do. It's just, he might just be go a different way about it. Yeah. But there's no different. There doesn't have to be this much of a difference between us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's just, I'm all about taking the stigma off of it that you, you know, you should people differently and I think because we were children and you know back in the 90s early 2000s 
you would go to school, you would see the kids that were on the short bus, you would call them, mm-hmm. make fun of them. And mm-hmm. if there was one was in a wheelchair or the other one was walking because with the stick because he was blind or something, or they were just in a special education class and yeah. maybe they had an accident in school and people or they had to wear diapers and people were laughing at it because your kids, you don't know you weren't exposed. Yeah. As I was to have somebody in the home with me to be sensitive to them and their differences. So I think now it's more of you showing it to your children so they know to not to treat other children any differently. Just because and once you get it when they're young, yeah. They're they able to grow and understand, okay, there's no problem with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You just answered my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was gonna, you did, but no, that's good. Because you answered everything. I was just going to ask, um, did growing up with someone who has special needs change your perspective on how you treat others? It did, because, like, honestly, when I was younger, uh, I had to form my own relationship with my brother because mm-hmm. I didn't understand and honestly I'm ashamed to say it now but I was kind of worried about what people would think you mm. of me because I saw how other people how, I saw how other children treated you know other children who were in that had were in those special needs classrooms and because I was kind of living like a double life because yeah. I adored my mom's kids because she would work at school sometimes and when she would have her other special needs children and those children like they just love on you and they love you forever <laughs> and even though <laughs> right and even as a little girl I just loved them and go, it was just I was a different way because um, I was young didn't know much with my friends because they didn't understand I didn't know much I didn't feel like explaining this to them I thought they were going to look at me different Mm -hmm. because um, I was trying to be too preachy or whatever saying oh you shouldn't treat this person like this Yeah. but it was when I got to high school and me and my brother got I guess I got closer with my brother because I got older and I have other siblings like I have two other I have three other siblings but me and my brother are like especially especially close and I remember there was one time the special education class was trying to raise money for something in my high school and they were selling smoothies and one of the girls behind me I still get heated thinking about it till this day she was like it smells like urine in there and all that kind of stuff i wanted to go get a smoothie from there but it just smells disgusting in that classroom when i tell you Uh i wanted to fight (laughs) like dog wanted to dog walk this girl and that was like an awake and like an aha moment for me was like you cannot as long as you live you cannot let anybody talk about or speak about somebody that way mm-hmm. because you it's personal for you and you won't want anybody speaking about your brother that way because they will have to catch these hands 
So, yeah. you know, you can't let somebody do it to someone else either. Because what you let somebody else do, do that to someone else, they're doing it to you. Mm-hmm. So that was the way I have always, I've tried to look at it. Like, it might not be my brother, but that's somebody else's brother, and they're loved by somebody else. Yeah. And you never know what you can happen. You can end up with a child that has some type of special needs, and then you're looking like, dang, I really talked about somebody. And I really... Right. Karma is something. It's real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just because they're changing, like, some some of those children needed to be changed throughout the day because they can't go to the restaurant by themselves. Yeah. And what I think is so dope was one my my both of my parents are teachers. So my dad was teaching PE class a couple of years ago and one of his students would take um his other student who was special needs they let him come with the other with the majority of the class just the hour out of that day to have PE and one of his students was like oh you, you don't have to worry about it Reverend Oliver I'll take him to the bathroom he'll be like come on John let's go out let's go to the bathroom and they'll just go up and he'll take him you know mm-hmm. and I just thought that was so dope because they were like fifth and sixth grade children and I'm just so glad that this generation just has so much more empathy than yeah. you know we did at that time yeah yeah. Yeah. I think this generation is more curious mm-hmm. and willing to ask questions without feeling like it's a dumb question when it's not a dumb question. Right. So they're willing to learn more about different topics. Because I think also because they might be worried if they don't understand it, they might offend somebody. Like, I feel like this generation is more, to an extent, cautious about offending people. So they want to get a better understanding of different topics. And that's crazy because, like, I didn't know until I got in the workforce that it's good to ask questions and that no question is the dumb question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's like you get it so later so much later in life and they are now just they're so curious they're so inquisitive and it's like wow because <laughs> <laughs> you know we were kind of taught not taught but like you would hear people say like don't ask a dumb question like there is such thing well there's really no such thing as a dumb question if you don't know just ask Right, just ask. Like, you don't want to get so wrong, know. right? <laughs> you just out here and just wrong. Answer, I'm gonna be bothered <laughs> if I can't figure it out. I'm, it's gonna bother me all day. So I need somebody to tell me something. Like, help me, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you talked about it earlier with um, minorities not having access or like to resources or having the necessary understanding of different things in regards to special needs so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to word it because we know that it's 
more catered to in one community than the other than others absolutely how do you think we could or people could change that to give people the better resources or access or just the general knowledge of different things because when you hear like when people hear that the child might be special needs or whatever the case may be that's scary yeah especially if they haven't been exposed to it and they don't know how to handle it but then you also are in certain areas where they can't even give you the resources to better understand they just give you a diagnosis and just send you out there like okay go figure it out so how do you think we could better inform there's so (laughs) many ways to tackle this question so I guess I'm going to go by piece by piece okay (laughs) (laughs) so with the black community uh, minorities there is just I'm going to start with health inequities Mm -hmm. across the freaking board whether you're talking about moms having babies um, black people just not being believed when they're saying something is wrong with them so they get Mm -hmm. sent home and then they later die and then you do the autopsy and it's like oh this is what they died from (laughs) they went to the hospital nobody diagnosed me but um so i think it's certain it's we talk we don't like to put race in everything but like systemic race yeah systemic (laughs) racism is so embedded in our society like dear god (laughs) so you definitely see it with families who are of minorities they might be from an inner city and they don't have these types of programs they don't know the they don't have these types of groups where moms get together because i saw um my mentor her mm-hmm. son dr ashley robinson her son has a trach and she's a part of a group of moms with tricks who have children with traits mm-hmm. so and i was like this is so dope because she's a black mother and not a lot of black mothers know about this because their doctors, you know, won't tell them, don't feel like they need to tell them. I don't know why, because these are age old practices that people, most doctors, and I think most medical schools, they teach, they actually teach them that, you know, black people are stronger than others. Than others. Yeah, so they and can handle it. So no, they can handle we it. No, this is same. It's dark. My skin is darker, but it's the same skin, same blood. Yeah. So, I think ways you can handle this is like telling people, talking, word of mouth, like even going on the internet, typing in the Facebook. There are all kinds of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. You will be surprised of what you find <laughs> yeah. on Facebook. Facebook groups, going down to your local community center, see what types of people meet mm-hmm. during the week, because I know that helps. Uh, YMCA's. Um, I'm trying to get all my thoughts together, because it's a lot. <laughs> you go to the YMCA, talking. I know word of mouth, like, especially if I'm a parent who has a special needs, I would definitely reach out to other parents. Community is everything. 
community community is everything get together you might your child might not have the same disabilities yeah but you could be going through the same thing and you could help each other community makes a world of a freaking difference and also um i'm trying to remember going pressing your doctors make them mm-hmm. listen to you just like a politician they work for you <laughs> go press Bye. these people make do what you want i'm serious yeah i know you're serious <laughs> dead serious like make them do what you want if they say no no go back i want the same things i want the same resources you mm-hmm. made available to that white family because whether my insurance pays covers it, my Medicaid will. Hello. So you're going to give me the same resources, same thing to help my child, just as you help their white family. Or either you gonna write it down that you denied <coughs> me access to this information. Right, and trust me, you don't want this class action lawsuit. You really don't. So either you gonna help me, or we gonna have a problem pick one or like, send me somewhere where they that can't I can help go me. get help right we gonna figure this out and down here we have the Louisiana Department of Health if you go on the your state's Department of Health website there are there is a tab for special education if you go look up those tabs those help because sometimes we don't have a doctor or somebody as being a black person or, you know, a part of a brown community. We don't have somebody that can walk us through like a doctor or a teacher. We just got to go do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So if you are a parent that I'm talking to right now, you can go on your Department of Health, your state Department of Health website. There should be a tab with links that you can get to resources that will help you so if you have you got to get the access to the internet if you have access to the internet go there or for education grants if your child is trying to go to college um you could get a scholarship for writing being left-handed you can get a scholarship for brown eyes you can get a scholarship for, for anything <laughs> listen they just do give it. out money where they getting the money don't I don't know. know. I don't want to know. It, <laughs> Go get the money, people. <laughs> and I think also with it being scary is because, you know, people like to say the R, I'm not going to say the R word, but black people specifically like to say the R word and throw it out casually. So if I'm a parent, I don't want my child to be stigmatized or laughed at. So mm-hmm. I could be pregnant and they tell you pretty early. They know pretty early nowadays whether or not, whether or not yeah. your child's gonna have special needs or whatever. So they can't be scared. So that's something you might want to keep to yourself. But the earlier it's detected, the earlier you can help because I know there's Easter Seals in Florida where they work with the little kids from like two to I think five or six years old or something like that where they help them with cognitive skills and things like that and motor skills where they can maybe go into a regular classroom one day and learn just as fine 
and we also have here I can't remember the name of the school but it helped one of my co-workers children tremendously because he was born delayed mm. and now they since they got it early and they helped him so much you wouldn't even know the difference between him and another child so early detection helps and it's just I wish a lot with going back to the doctors what I wish with a lot of doctors would, would be for them to just it will do like a world of good if some doctors would just acknowledge health and inequities listen. and listen inequities with minorities like yeah y'all are not all treated the same we acknowledge this we will listen how can I help you yeah that will help so many people it will help so much and it's just it's just little small things mm -hmm. that will help and people don't understand so it's a lot but there are resources out there especially for minority people and I know that I live in a very rural area with a lot of black people in it so <laughs> There's not, we have a, I know from my parents' house, we don't, the hospital is like 10, 15 minutes away. I live in a rural country area. A lot of, well, I grew up in a rural country area. A lot of people don't, didn't have access to cars. Mm -hmm. So all they had was the little clinic we had up the street from my house. Yeah. So you got like 1,300 people going to one clinic. One clinic. Yeah. That's a lot. They can't possibly get the assistance they need. And For then everybody. they're going to school and th we have, okay, I'm going to say this, special education teachers and behavioral teachers and, you know, people who are in that field are gifts from God, but some of them are, don't do what they're supposed to. So not only am I in an underserved area health-wise, my child is not getting taken care of by the people she's, he or she is supposed to be taking care of at school. So now I have to also deal with that. So I can imagine being a black person. It's got to be, as a parent, how scary it has to be. So... I will say don't suffer in silence reach out to people if you know another person reach out to this to the other parents in your children's class even some form a support group for y'all selves well you can help each other because I'm telling you it makes a world of a difference just having community just having people you can talk to because it does weigh on the parents also because yeah a lot of people you know it's known that sometimes people with special needs have shorter life expectancies yeah. so I have to already know that my child is different and then I might not have my child for as long as I feel like my child should live Yeah. so it's a double edged sword so I would say like get somebody people that you can talk to if you gotta cry you know, take let a couple moments from yourself. Yeah, let it out. Do whatever you need to do. But community just definitely makes a world of difference. 
and having those resources within your own community and trying to get it by yourselves when you're underserved makes a world of a difference. Google is your friend. If Google you is your friend. It is your friend. Google. It's your homeboy. It. <laughs> it is everything. Google, Google, Google. If you can't do nothing else, just Google it. <laughs> YouTube. You know, there are people, there are teachers, special education teachers, who just, they'll do, they'll put videos up for your children just for free. Hello. That, that's because they love what they do. And also, um, just to add this in here, I know because of the pandemic, we have this program here with first, they're not children, they're basically adults, but um, for, for people who with special needs, but they get to go around each other and make friends with each other. Mm-hmm. And they were really, I know they were really missing out on that interaction here because of the pandemic, but even getting your child in something like that, to where they can be around somebody else that's like them is helpful because then they get to interact with other people and you know they don't feel the certain way yeah so yeah that definitely helps too because then you've got some people making it seem like or people telling their kids or other kids telling them that they're not normal like no right. you're normal you just do things differently you just do things <laughs> differently and you're perfect in your own way because I tell you like my brother if my whole day could be going bad and I think one thought of my brother and it reminds me of everything that's right in the world <laughs> because he's like my whole world my like my sunshine like the good part <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, they're just a little different and they, you know, I will tell people that even if your child has to wear glasses and they have a certain astigmatism with their eyes and things like that, they're different. That's what makes them different. Nobody should be in this world being all alike. Yeah, no, that's weird. It'll be boring. (laughs) Right. It'll be weird. It'll be boring. We need each other's gifts. We need each other's different talents. Mm -hmm. to function as a society so yeah (laughs) how's the whole spill on that (laughs) no you're good what's some advice you would give to someone who has special needs siblings be patient patience is a virtue (laughs) (laughs) and I say be patient because you have to learn them. Mm-hmm. You have to learn what they like, what they don't like, what's the triggers for them, especially if they have autism and they have sensory problems. Um, you have to know who they are and be that it's a growing process and it takes patience. It takes love. It takes a special kind of love mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, my mother. You know, if God forbid something happens to my mother one day, I'm my brother's advocate, you know, now. Yeah. So you have to be also able to step into that role. Yeah. Because my brother is, he's at a facility. He does not live at home because my brother is very strong. And my brother 
my mom couldn't get him out of getting out the bathtub by herself because he's very strong. I mean, he's a grown man. So yeah, he's at a facility where people help take care of him and do things like that. And sometimes, you know, we have to go over documents. We have to sign things for him because he can't do it for himself. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a certain level of patience, a certain level of empathy and within yourself to be selfless for somebody else that can't do for themselves. It definitely does take another whole level of selflessness that you wouldn't even think you had. <laughs> but that's your flesh and blood and that's your sibling and you're going to love them regardless. I mean, I will hope so because that's your yeah. So, yeah, patience and selflessness would be my by advice, you know, search within yourself and find that for yourself because it's like you're not their parent, but you're kind of another form of their parent in a way. Yeah. Because you're helping out. Like I had to learn to feed my brother, wipe him because he does drool sometimes, to wipe his mouth and things like that, help get him dressed. Um, because like he will run away because like he likes food he loves food and he'll run into the <laughs> kitchen at the drop of a dime um, <laughs> so it's things like that you know being a helper I think if especially if you're a parent you have younger children and one of your children they're around the same age allow your child to help because it gives them a good responsibility for them to know that okay mommy or daddy might not be around all the time I need you to help with your sibling and that will be good for them so they'll know so if something happens with their sibling they're not panicking yeah I got this so yeah that's what I would say it's you know be patient be selfless things like that yeah I agree I know I knew and I talked about it in my episode of this, where I talked about my my transplant, mm-hmm. one of my friends that had passed away. And I talked about how, well, both of my friends had passed away. They were in the special needs wing of our elementary school, but we all had like some type of transplant. And I had asked my mom why I wasn't in the special needs wing because in my mind I'm thinking special needs yeah, is because all we all had same. a tran- yeah we all had a transplant so I'm thinking okay well that's two out of three why I'm not over there but they had other developmental disabilities going on in mm-hmm. some kind of way but I can't don't quote me on that I think this is what I, what I was told it's been a while I've yeah. talked to it talk, I've heard it when he had his transplant it it affected his walking I don't know how I don't know like if they struck a nerve or like I really don't know medically how that worked but it affected his walking and he walked with a walker and so that was my first exposure to someone with special needs mm-hmm. and the playgrounds were separate in a sense like you had the the general population of the elementary school had the playground and then you had the special 
needs playground over here I would only see them like at lunch or when I would go to extended day it would be in the ESE wing right so that's my personal connection with special needs and why I I should advocate for it more than what I do but I'm learning to advocate for different things more mm-hmm. and trying to understand different awarenesses but this kind of like that's also why I wanted to touch on this subject because of him right and I think with what you said is also I think special needs can also be categorized with the dip in I don't want to say independency level because that's how it work, but with the dependency level. <laughs> yeah. Because I had a friend. He had he went through child abuse as mm-hmm. a child because his mother, his biological mother was on drugs. So she abused him. So she would hit him and hit him with anything she'd get her hands on and she messed up his leg. Mm. So he had a limp. So technically he was crippled in one of his legs. But he was in regular ed because it was just his leg and he was fine with doing things by himself but there were other children who had problems with their legs but they were more dependent Mm -hmm. so I guess it's just a dependency level which they would they you know categorize it with yeah I mean I know you have to meet like certain qualifications or I wouldn't say qualifications. That's a terrible word to put for that. But yeah, because I have to also technically because I have rising screws in my spinal cord. Because um, a little information about me: I did not have scoliosis. I had kyphosis, which meant my curve on my spine was going towards my stomach. Hmm. Most curves go towards the back, so that's how they categorize them. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, so technically, I am disabled because I have metal in my body. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say I have to, so like, if I get, when I get a car or get a new car or anything like that, I have to have a handicap sticker. Or even on my license, I have to have, you know, handicapped also yeah. just because of that. But I've been in regular ed classes all my life yeah it was just a thing of how it's very there's a whole lot of intersectionality mm-hmm. within being special needs um being handicapped and I think people if we talk about it more it will bring more of an understanding to it that it's not yeah. just a it's not a monolith it's not just one way there are yeah. different ways you can be it and you know yeah I think just, just talking about it more like you'll never know if you look at somebody like even going through the airport because I'm not supposed to be walking long distances because when I had my surgery for, for my typhosis when I was 12 I was paralyzed at 12 mm-hmm. because the doctors hit a nerve so I had to learn to walk again and I had a break so I'm not supposed to be walking long distances and I remember a late I was in the airport coming back to Cookman because we were in Atlanta's airport. I was coming back from spring break, summer break. And I was asking for a wheelchair. And I was with my mom and my sister. And I asked for one. It was like, you, she need a wheelchair. She needs one. This was the flight attendant. One of the 
people that worked in the um, airport had asked me, and my oh, mom no. was able to right. My mom was able to speak up for me. Was like, no, <laughs> she actually does need a wheelchair. She has rotten screws on her spine, so go get her one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think it's just we have to talk about it because you do encounter people who I don't want to say ignorant to it. They just don't know. Don't know. And from you know eyes view if I look at you Shaka you would never know you had a transplant yeah but you did <laughs> until somebody asked you and talk about it so yeah yeah is the all of us right. just having these types of conversations and talking about it no you're right you're right because you wouldn't know unless I told you or unless you seen my stomach right <laughs> Which is and it, never. <laughs> yeah, and especially just with black people, we are so just conditioned to think if we're not one way, the other way is wrong. Mm-hmm. So we have to just as a people get out of this, you know. We're different. We come in all yeah. my friends, we go for a different, we come in all shapes of sizes. Just because somebody's different doesn't mean they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Are you right? You're I'm right. so glad we're doing this. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this too. Right. So, like, please share this with people, everybody that you know. <laughs> I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. I promise. What comes to mind when you hear the term concealed scar? That's my last question for you. And my favorite question. I like asking people this. <laughs> what comes to mind? Well, I would think about conceal like you're trying. Well, I think it's basically what you're doing with your podcast. You know, like we have things that we have tried to cover up about ourselves, but now we're finally at the place where we talk about them. And as we're talking about them, we're helping other people. Mm-hmm. So while I'm trying to, because like for a long time, I wouldn't say that I had, you know, a scar on my back. I wouldn't even wear dresses that had the back out because I didn't want people to look and point at my back and ask me questions, yeah. you know? No, I feel you. I don't really right. wear midriffs and stuff like that because I don't... <laughs> yeah, because I just don't want to be answering people. So, but now I know I have a whole group on Instagram and Facebook that I follow of people who have either gone through spinal infusion surgery, had it, and, you know, we serve as support for each other mm-hmm. and things like that. So with your podcast, you helping so many different people. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are being the go-between, like an intercessor for different people who might not have had a voice, might not have didn't know how to ask a question. Mm-hmm. And you're plat- you're giving a platform to people of help, and as it is amazing, <laughs> honestly, oh, truly, Christina, <laughs> I'm serious. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow. So honestly, so when Castile Scars comes to mind, I just think of help. You yeah. are you're giving help and lending the olive branch to people who might not have known what to do. So yeah, this is not it. This is not a small thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
You're very welcome. This is huge. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying. And I appreciate you doing this. And oh, just no problem. everything. Like, this is like, great. if you're li- like the person you are, like, if your listeners don't know, like, I was a charter member of Sisters Incorporated and they got yes, my ma'am. blood, sweat, they got my blood, they got my sweat, they got my tears because I remember we was putting something up and I started bleeding because it fell on me. So, yeah. Um, but oh, Shaka did the same thing. Like, shot when you came in, I remember <laughs> you was just a little baby. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and then you. Where just did it up in the organization at Cookman and even at Flint B. I graduated to see y'all just doing a growth with Sisters Incorporated. It just, and to see it now, it just makes my heart swell and make me cry. Like, because we ain't had no clue what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we literally got it out the mud. We had no clue what we were doing. We were just doing something together and just gain this tight bond that's literally unbreakable with each other so I'm not surprised that you were doing something like this because it was always in you oh because I was surprised I ain't seen like, <laughs> just People watching you like, I ain't seen nothing like what were you the secretary of like, what were you and sisters when you first joined secretary yeah, you were secretary, then went on to be like <laughs> I was so proud of you. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Cause you were like our little baby, cause you were always with first class. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> oh gosh, that's crazy. But I really appreciate that and I appreciate like of course. All of There's y'all. There's going to be so everybody many. Because y'all know this is so out of my realm. Like, yeah. this is just, and I'm going to keep telling people like that. Like, I do not be talking. <laughs> so for me to even do this is like, what? Okay, you don't even know the blessings that's about to come to you because you are touching and going to help so many people. Like, you don't even know. Like, you are going to touch and you'll your name is going to be in so many places that you would never thought of because you just took the step to help so many people so when it happens remember me remember i told you (laughs) of course (laughs) you're gonna be one of the first people i tell if not the first person i tell like i remember when we did this yeah and i remember about before you got it started like you messaged me a while ago but because i work for the news and they control my life (laughs) <laughs> wasn't able to get on but now to see how far you come I'm so proud of you thank you and we just gonna end it like that cause I don't even know anymore <laughs> Oh, Shaka <laughs> I love you I love you too sis this is great well I want to thank y'all for listening to this episode of Concealed Scars. Welcome to season two. We starting off strong hey. with a bang. <laughs> Got my sis Chrissy on here. So make sure y'all tune in for the rest of season two of Concealed Scars. I'm just trying to survive. Can I just breathe for a minute?
Something wrong with her Someone come and get her Only woman in the room and I'm still there 